I don't know about you, but the Black Friday sales have already started, and now I don't even know which Friday is Black Friday. But if you're looking for a very special gift for a friend, family member, or loved one, and you know that they might want to put wellness at the top of their list, then I'm going to suggest my Wellness Optimizing Journal. This is a perfect companion to anybody who is wanting to optimize or better their own health and wellness. It's beautifully illustrated and it's got lots of guidance that you can customize for your particular needs or their particular needs. Maybe you even need to get yourself one. So the link to purchase is in the show notes. Promise you, it's a really special gift. Welcome to the Widely Optimized Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Terea Rodriguez, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Evie Takis. Both of us are functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners, and we love working with women from all over the world through our virtual programs, helping women not only feel better, but actually achieve that vibrant, no-holds-barred version of themselves they've been missing for a long time. And how we actually get there? Well, that is what this show is all about. Now, please keep in mind that this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. And if you like what you hear today, we would love for you to hit that follow button, leave a review in Apple podcast, share with your friends and keep coming back for more. Let's start today's adventure, shall we? Okay, so episode five, season four, and we're right in the middle of the holiday season. And Evie and I wanted to talk a little bit about identity and habits and behaviors because we're guessing that you may have noticed that people's behavior changes a little bit around the holidays, maybe, maybe even your own, right? And so we perhaps, perhaps happens to all of us, right? <laughs> But we did want to talk about what is the relationship between habits and the habits that we have and our own identity. Evie, do you want to give it a crack at what's the relationship between habits and identity? I would say based on the work that we've done together and that we continue to do with clients that habits over time lead to the identity that we present and carry with ourselves into other people. Yeah. Yeah. Habits can work both ways. Habits can lead towards solidifying an identity. They can also show us as a reflection of an identity that we might be hanging on to. And for me, you know, with the the holidays and the different ways that we relate with certain family members and that kind of thing, noticing my own behavior shifts, like I used to make a joke about it really is that, wow, everybody turns into a four-year-old over the holidays. You know, it's like we're all throwing little bits of tantrums and that kind of thing. But what I'm coming to understand with, you know, human behavior and our habits that we have, certain types of responses and reactions are also habits. So it's not just about brushing our teeth or whether or not we're drinking decaf versus calf in the morning. Like it's not just those physical habits, it's also those behavioral habits. And those can give us some insight into perhaps I'm still holding on to an identity of who I was when I was a little girl responding to my parents, right? So those are the kinds of things that we can use habits for. Let's talk a little bit about the reflection of habits and identity in terms of identity we want and identity we don't want. 
What are some examples for you, Evie, of habits that you've seen reflected in your environment for an identity that you are trying to create and foster? Yeah. So a great example is, you know, we're recording this a week after Thanksgiving. And so I, with Thanksgiving kind of being that kicking off of the holiday season for me with family gatherings, there were some habits in terms of the way that I now choose to nourish my body in terms of what I eat, what I don't eat and how I move my body that I was able to implement with my family. Right. So we went on a walk after we ate. That's something that we don't normally do. And that was really fun. Like my cousins were over and Danny and I went out and it was just an nice to do that. And like, it's like we're hanging out, but then we're also doing something really good for us. So that was a nice example of, Hey, these are things that I've been doing on my own that I now can implement with my family. And that felt more aligned with the version of Evie that I'm trying to be and continuously working on. It's so interesting that you said that because I, I recognize something like that very similarly. So the group that we were with, we chose to go to a restaurant to participate in a Thanksgiving buffet. That was an experience on its own. And I knew that I didn't want to hold the identity of the person who like overeats and then regrets it at the holidays. So I made a very specific decision that I was going to get one plate and fill up one plate, not like I would observe people in the room would fill up like four plates. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, that is really interesting how I used to be this person who used to think like, oh, Thanksgiving is the best holiday because I can totally pig out, right? That was like, yay, I get to just eat as much, right? And somebody even mentioned at the table that it's the holiday of gluttony in that sense. But I chose not to be that person. Mm -hmm. Yet it was really interesting to see how There were certain people in the room or other people in the room because it was this big, large banquet hall who were doing different behavior, right? So that tells me a little bit about an identity. It doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, I know who they are. I'm not being that presumptuous, but I know who I used to be. Yeah. Right. When it came to that kind of holiday and, and choosing a different behavior and choosing a different habit and instilling something new. And then we got to walk back, which was kind of nice. That was built in because we were able to walk to the restaurant that that happened. So we too were able to do a walk after dinner. That was new. Yeah. It is really interesting because, you know, I'm not sure if you had conversation with, with clients on this, but I did leading up to Thanksgiving of, you know, like the question was, how do you handle that? Mm-hmm. And I find that interesting because I'm like, one, what does it matter how I handle it? But two, I, they're looking for an example because they know that they don't want to behave that way because they have always done that. Mm-hmm. And so they're in this midst of like this transformation of their identity and of their behavior and their habits. And so they want to know like that it's possible, one. And two, like how did I navigate that? Because I share like I used to be the person that would just completely gorge myself and binge and I would have multiple plates just because it's Thanksgiving, not because I actually wanted it. Right. And so a lot of people I think are starting to, when they're focusing on their health and the the momentum that they live their life is leading towards better health, they start to pick up on these habits that no longer serve them anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to also insert habits that do serve them. But then there's like this this confusion that's happening, which we've talked about before with our clients of like confusion can happen then because you're trying to let go of old ones while reaffirming and establishing new ones. Yeah. Especially when you get other people around who 
maybe not meaning to, but they put us in a box of like, well, Evie always has multiple plates or Evie always eats a couple pieces of pie or Evie always does this. It's like, well, I used to do that, but I no longer want to be doing that for X, Y, and Z reason. And so it's like when you have these people who are so used to you being this role in their life on this holiday and you're choosing not to do that anymore, it can get really, really uncomfortable. Totally. Because, you know, the holidays are a time where we're spending with the people that we've probably spent the most time over time, maybe not the most time, not 24 by seven, but they've seen us for many, many, many years doing certain kinds of things. And there's a saying where, you know, you can have a certain particular way of being or a way of behaving and you can hold on to that for a couple of days and you're just in a mood or you hold on to it for a couple of weeks or maybe a month and oh, that's kind of the temperament of that person. Or if you hold on to it longer than that, it kind of becomes cemented and then that's just the way Evie is, right? People just make this assumption of, oh, that's just who I am. And when we get to that point, that's when we're talking about identity. And part of so many of the clients that we are working with, we're helping them shift their identity because either they've become the person who is chronically ill and they're wanting to shift out of being somebody who's chronically ill or they've had unhealthy habits to begin with And now they're trying to shift into a person who is identifying as I'm a healthy person, I take care of my body, I care about what I'm eating. And this whole shift in behaviors and habits kind of gets put underneath the microscope or the spotlight during the holidays, because now we've got people that are around us that know our old identity. And then they'll probably call it out of like, well, you used to eat four plates, what's wrong with you now? right? And there's nothing wrong with you. You're just doing something different and they're noticing it and they're calling it out. Yep. Yep. And sometimes when they're calling it out, they're doing it because they're uncomfortable because they see it in themselves. Yes. Right? That's the other challenge too. And I've talked with so many clients about this, especially when they're trying to institute maybe gluten-free or dairy-free for a particular time. And they don't have the support of the people within their house and they get comments from those people. And usually it's because they might be recognizing something in themselves that they're uncomfortable with. And so this leads towards issues in relationships and issues at work when it comes to the lunch meeting and how come you're just not eating the same sandwich that we're all catering for lunch like everybody else. Mm -hmm. All of these little things kind of lead towards this like, These are the things that can be barriers to people making or breaking their goals and aspirations to become healthier versions of themselves, right? Yeah, because ultimately becoming a different version and trying to have new habits is really uncomfortable. Like I can't think back on a time when I was trying to better myself and that meant I had to hold boundaries. I had these new habits I was instilling where it wasn't uncomfortable. Yeah. And so it is easy to want to just kind of go backward, you know, kind of be like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, let's just let's forget this and let's just go back to who we were because that makes everyone else happy, yes. right? It's like we have to remember like you can't sacrifice your integrity for other people to be happy, Yes, right? If you're trying to do something that's for the betterment of your own health and it's not inhibiting anyone else from being better, like we can't just stop doing that because it gets uncomfortable because we get comments from people, right? We ultimately lose in that situation. You know, the other person might win, but what do you gain? You gain nothing. 
you're just back in that cycle. And then you're back to that self-loathing of like, oh, well, this is just how my life is. It's like, no, it's not. You're just choosing to keep doing that. That's not how your life has to be. You're just continuously choosing this path. I love what you're talking about because from a logical intellectual perspective, it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. From a being in it in real time, in the (laughs) moment (laughs) perspective, (laughs) that is a completely different thing. And I mean, so much so that you and I just got done working with the Deep Transformation Program and devoting an entire week to this topic in the sense that when we are in that sign of things are changing, which is, I like to use the example of learning how to ride a bicycle without the training wheels, We are falling over. We are skinning our knee. We are skinning our elbow or maybe even breaking a wrist, trying to learn how to keep this bike upright. And we have a choice in that moment. And that's what you're kind of talking about right now is like, do I turn and hightail it the other way towards comfort and the way that I know and the way of being accepted and loved and belonging and all of that stuff? Or do I hold steady and just keep trying to ride the bike straight until I can get it and do it without falling down? And that is this space that we're kind of talking about is like, yes, there's going to be some uncomfortable moments. And at the same time, it's like who we are being when things get uncomfortable that is the person that's going to make or break the change. Yes. And I think you and I being in this space of like health coaching and working with women to better themselves, this is kind of like the moment. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. who am I choosing right now? Am I choosing the old four-year-old who's going to be like, nope, I want my training wheels? Or am I choosing to be the adult who can ride a bike? And you know what? I can ride a bike over rocks and bumps and trees and jump and do all this fun stuff. That is also possible, but I have to choose the identity, mm-hmm. right, of that person in yep. that moment. And that is the hardest part because it's just, I mean, it's so easy to just sit here and say, well, you know, and just do something different. Well, <laughs> yeah, when we're uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. it's hard. It is hard. And, you know, on the flip side, I think of talking about how hard it is to make that choice, you can also flip it and say, wow. I'm so thankful that I get to make a choice Mm -hmm. because maybe you do choose to be the four-year-old and go back to the safe zone. Maybe you do that and you get your training wheels back on and maybe you do that for the day or for the week. Mm -hmm. But then you can always wake up the next day or the following week and say, you know what? I think I'm going to take them off again. I'm going to choose to not be this version. I think some people get scared of having the choice, but I find that really empowering of like, hey, I get to choose this. And so I also then have to own whatever my choice is, Yeah. right? If I'm choosing to go back and stay in that safe zone and get my training wheels back on, I have to own that. I can't get frustrated that I'm there because I chose this path. But then if you're, you know, again, if then if you choose to move forward, take the training wheels off, push yourself, you know, go set to boundaries, keep the boundaries, have the comments be made about whatever it is you're doing, that's going to be hard too. Like there is no really easy option. There's Mm going to be hard, I don't want to say consequences, but repercussions or effects of what you do with whatever choice you make. So it's a matter of like, which, you know, that's saying of which hard do you want to choose? Everything you choose can be hard. It can be. It can be. And yeah, it's interesting because, you know, it can be hard. And this is a place where we can apply that self-compassion, right? That Mm self-understanding or a little bit of grace of like, you know what, if I were really talking to my own daughter who was choosing training wheels or no training wheels, and she was having a rough day and wanted training wheels, I'd be like, you know what, it's okay to choose training wheels today. It's quite all right. There's nothing wrong with choosing it 
one way or the other. And I think oftentimes as adults, we forget to use that self-compassion piece. So then we choose not to do the training wheels, yet we stumble and we have this uncomfortableness and we get down on ourselves because we can't be perfect. Or if we do choose the training wheels, we get down on ourselves because we chose the easy path. So like we give ourselves no room for any self-compassion. And so then mm-hmm. we're all like depressed, overfed during the holidays and like you know, eating too much crappy chocolate, like what we talked a couple days, weeks ago, right? So that's what makes the holidays can be really, really hard. And I think we wanted to dedicate a, a particular episode to talking about this, that we can implement small behavioral changes and still have fun and participate in the holidays without it feeling like we're going to be outcast, isolated, or looked upon as we're totally weird and off the wall bonkers. Well, yep. maybe you. Sometimes I'm looked at as I'm bonkers. No, for sure. I'm pretty much, yeah, in multiple situations, I feel like people are like, what is she doing? But again, it's like, I know this is good for me. I'm not really hurting you. You know, I'm kind of staying in my lane. So I think it just takes some practice too. I think it's a muscle that you have to strengthen of being okay with people maybe not understanding or maybe placing that judgment or being uncomfortable with you making these new habits to make this new identity because it is it, it could make someone uncomfortable or yeah. question and you just you know you're gonna have to remind yourself and stay stay firm in what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it and just get used to that feeling of like they don't really get it they're uncomfortable with it they're kind of questioning why I'm doing it but I can still stay where I am or like you say and I can still stay where I am you know totally. like that can happen and I can still continue to move forward with this new habit and this new identity. Yeah. And we work a lot on identity, both identifying old versions of ourselves and old identity that we no longer want to carry, and then also identifying habits and those kinds of things that we don't want to carry. But we also focus a lot in the Deep Transformation Program on new identity and how to actually carefully curate how that comes to be. Because it's not like Mm -hmm. reading a a sci-fi novel and discovering a new superhero and then all of a sudden you put on a cape and a costume and you're like, I'm here to save the day. You know, it's like, I would love it if that were the case. I'd have so many superhero costumes in my closet if that were the case. But sometimes it's a little bit more difficult. And so as somebody's trying to make these transitions and we're navigating the holidays, we can make it a little bit easier on ourselves when we're instilling these new habits and that kind of thing. And we might actually see our old version of ourselves rear their ugly four-year-old head and all of a sudden certain behaviors show up. And I think for me, that is something that I've spent many, many, many years in frustration around the holidays because I turn into a version of myself that I don't necessarily want to be, but I'm like already responding in this like conditioned fashion that I'm Mm -hmm. snapping at a parent and I don't even know why. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I wanted to bring awareness to the listeners here, the podcast and the viewers on the podcast is that it's not necessarily a bad thing. It is a learning situation. It's a, oh, isn't that interesting? I just regressed to a four-year-old and got really snippy and I don't even know why. And just noticing that and getting curious about that has really helped me. And there I go again with my curiosity magic wand. But 
you know, getting curious about that has really helped me identify, oh, that's a person that I no longer really want to have operating full and center stage for me. So how do I let go of those things? Or how do I apply self-compassion in that way so that I can figure out what does she need right now so that she doesn't have to be snippy towards a parent? And that really helps me kind of, you know, separate those old habits from an old identity so that I can have a choice in that moment. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say, have you noticed any of those things coming up for you so far in the holiday season, the old stuff? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll use Thanksgiving as an example. I, you know, I kind of talked to myself of like, okay, this is how you're going to handle this situation if and when it comes up, or this is how you would respond or things like that. And did I hit the mark 100%? No, there were times when I could, I totally was like, well, there goes old Evie coming in, like she's, you know, getting irritable, or she is, you know, getting uncomfortable or can't laugh that off when, you know, so-and-so is making a joke about it. And so I found myself doing that. But then again, I I had that awareness of that just means that there's more work to do and that's okay. And, you know, so that's something that I've noticed. And even just outside of the holidays, like even with friendships, you know, the past year to two years has been really just challenging in many ways in like personal life, but also with relationships, you know, going from my husband to different friends and different acquaintances. And so it's been interesting how certain situations will continue to come up and I'm observing how I'm reacting. So like what, you know, how is this the same? Like, do I have the same reaction that I did when this first occurred? Now, the second time it happened and the third, and it's because of the habits that I'm implementing day to day to be better that this new identity is coming. So that's why I'm not reacting the same way a year later to the same situation because I've been having this work in between time Mm -hmm. to help me identify these new habits, these new responses, and ultimately this new identity so that I can respond differently and handle it differently than I would have a year ago. Yeah. Any specific habits that you are wanting to ditch or not want to show their ugly head at the next holiday, which I guess for both of us is Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I would say I think the habit of this is going to go back to boundaries, but the habit of saying yes to everything. Because mm. I I tend to say, you know, I've been the person that has said yes to almost everything, every invite. And I was just looking at my December calendar and I'm like, holy moly, December is full. And, it, you know, we're still in November. And so I, I just got invited like, oh, I'd love to get coffee with you. Or I'd love to get this. And I just, you know, I'm like, you know what? That sounds great. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to. Can we, you know, would we be able to push to January? Which I know sounds kind of silly, but, you know, as an adult, there's all those jokes about it of like this, that's just how it goes. But I'm trying to ditch the yes, ma'am mentality to saying yes to everything because I also know that that stems from like FOMO or like wanting to please people. And I'm, again, continuously instilling this new habit. Mm -hmm. So I'm ditching the old habit of saying yes to everything. And I'm instilling this new habit of I don't have to self-sacrifice to please other people. Yeah, And so it's like these two things coexisting, like pulling me in separate directions. And that's where I find myself this holiday season. So what about you? What have you noticed with yourself? Uh, so last year, I'm just celebrating that I had an epiphany. And I think I put it in my calendar to remind me in October. And I was thrilled when this came Aww. up. But last year, I was like, remind yourself, you don't want to host Thanksgiving. And I will say that I was not the host of Thanksgiving in terms of cooking and serving the food. 
However, we slipped a little bit and we were host to quite a number of guests in our house that was very overwhelming for both myself and my husband. So I learned a lot of new things this year around, okay, what's the length of stay that we're willing to tolerate? Like, how do we want to communicate those things? So we kind of came up with a new list of things for next year. I will say that that same reminder, though, reminded us that we are we're going to take a special Christmas this year and not spend it with family, not spend it with anybody but ourselves. And we're gifting ourselves some time to like reconnect, talk through some things that we've been putting off talking through, like just really connect as a couple and spend some time outside. Like, I think we really want to go do some winter camping. So we're going to spend more time outside. But cool. That's something that came up this year is like, okay, I need to refine that a little bit. And then the other habit that I really think I want to start to ditch more and more is I notice in social situations, if somebody else is drinking a glass of wine, I will automatically drink a glass of wine regardless of whether or not I want it. And So I'm trying to figure out where that balance is in terms of checking in with myself and really understanding, do I want that alcohol or do I not want that alcohol? Because sure, a little bit of red wine here or there, a little bit of adult kombucha here or there is probably not a terrible thing. But I do notice a lot, at least more recently, how it affects me the next day in terms of my quality of readiness on my aura ring, the quality of my brain and clarity of thinking. And I'm just talking a single glass of wine. And I know that there are low sugar wines and dry farm and all that stuff. Like I get it. And at the same time, I really want to have more intention around, do I really want this or am I imbibing because somebody else is imbibing and I want to belong. Yes. And so that is the habit, right? Like, am I just trying to belong here right now? Because that's kind of what we do as a species. It's like if people are drinking, we drink, right? That's a social thing. So really trying to figure that out. So that's something that I'm going to work on the rest of the holiday season. I think a lot of people will relate to that when they hear this because that's something that I've heard clients say. And even maybe if it's not drinking, but it might even be regarding food Mm -hmm. of like, oh, well, like he's getting a second plate. I guess I'll get a second plate. And it's like, okay, if you want one, sure. But do you actually really want one? Are you doing that because they're doing that? Or, you know, do you actually really want a second piece of pie? Like, you know, you said that you were good with one. And again, this isn't to judge of like one thing is bad versus another. It's more of like, if that's not what you really want to be doing, then why would you be doing just because so-and-so is doing that, right? You got to, again, check in with yourself, like you said. So I think a lot of people will relate to that, especially this time of year with so many gatherings that we're having and alcohol is abundant and sugar is abundant. And yeah. 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 So it's an interesting thing to really notice how when we get into groups, right, how much our social interaction dictates our behaviors because of, you know, we want to be loved. We want to feel safe. We want to belong to the tribe. And a lot of times that dictates our behaviors and our behaviors, as we know, are actually habits. And so that can really give us an indication of, you know, this identity. And is it in alignment with the identity that I'm currently trying to foster and love and grow? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is no, then, you know, I can choose hot, sweet cider instead of, you know, a glass of wine or something like that. Like I can choose a different beverage, mm-hmm. but I I know that one of the ways to do this and one of the ways that's challenging for me to do it is in the moment, can I ask myself, is this in alignment with who I want to be right now? And if the answer is yes, great. 
And if the answer is no, then I get to find something else to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Hopefully this has been helpful for you this holiday season to kind of do a little deep dive and analysis. The most important thing that we want you to take home from this is this is not about shaming yourself or guilting yourself over your own behavior. This is, you know, it's a, it's a learning opportunity. It's a, what do you notice? What might that possibly mean for you? Are there other opportunities for you to learn? Are there things that you want to change? And so please, please, please take my holiday gift to you, which is a huge mound of curiosity and use curiosity with this. This is not about right or wrong. It's just always in the betterment of ourselves. Yes, I love it. And we'd love to hear how you are challenging yourself with that. Give us some examples. Tell us what boundaries or what habits you are you know, instilling or getting rid of. And we're there to root you on and cheer for you. Fantastic. Okay, we'll see you in the next episode. Hey, everybody, Terea here. If you like what you heard today, then I'm inviting you to become a premium member over at the Optimized Wellness Community because membership gets you instant and exclusive access to the full length versions of each of these conversations, both in video and audio format. Not only that, but with the community, you also get access to seminars, regular Q&As, activities, our seasonal challenges, and starting in December, your first month in the membership, you will get a copy of the Wellness Optimizing Journal. We also have a Luminary tier membership that gets you access to the live taught breathwork classes, as well as the visualization library and access to the coaches. Use the link in the show notes, become a member and join us at the Optimized Wellness Community. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Wildly Optimized Wellness Podcast. If you are ready to dig deeper into your health, stop playing the wackest symptom game, start testing to get better guidance, you can find more about Terea at tereyarodriguez.com and you can find Evie at holisticallyrestored.com. Want to peek into what it's like to work with us? Come join us at our Optimized Wellness community. You can find the invitation link in the show notes below. And if you have a question for the show, you can submit your question under the podcast section of TereaRodriguez.com. Finally, if you found something helpful in this episode, don't forget to leave a review, hit that follow button, or share it with a friend. They're going to love that you thought of them. Until next time, see you outside. See you outside.